the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, eight minutes after 11 o'clock. And uh, hour number three is underway. Thanks for being with us. It's a Tuesday, the fifth morning of the ninth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. Thanks again to Peter Kersenow for uh, the phenomenal uh, information that he shared with us. And uh, we've got a lot still to do in this hour. Um, I want to talk local now. I, uh, about a year or so ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I had uh, Annie Payne on. Annie Payne at that time was a candidate for Mentor School Board. And she and a lot of others enlightened us to some of the unbelievable challenges that the students and the parents at mentor schools have uh, because of some of the extraordinarily dangerous woke policies put in place by mentor administrators, apparently with the approval, if not at the direction of, current mentor school board members. And uh, Annie and I talked in, in some depth. Uh, she, her own personal story uh, as well, and uh, she said she's going to do something about it, and she is now a proud member of the Mentor School Board. Well, the school board is still in need of some reshaping and some reformation, if you will. And uh, there are two candidates that have been given some very, very strong endorsements by some people that I have a great deal of respect for. And I'm talking about uh, true family um, values-driven, conservative-minded Republican leaders and others across the state. The Lake County Republican Party, Robert Sprague, the treasurer, Josh Williams, the state representative, Steve Dimitru, a state representative, um, Jamie Callender, a state representative. And I can go up and down. There's a nice long list, the 1776 Project PAC, the American Union PAC. They have all decided to come out in strong support of two members who are kind of running a a tandem campaign. They're not running on their own. They're running as a pair, which, when added to Annie Payne, could give the majority in the Mentor School Board that is needed to try to bring some sanity and some education back to a district which has fully embraced, uh, dare I say, indoctrination. Uh, Those two members are on the line with me right now. Gil Martello 
and Rose Iapolo, if I'm saying both of your names correctly, and I hope that I am. Gil, good morning. Thank you for being with us here on AM 1420. The Answer, how are you? Very good, Bob. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us. On a your pleasure. Show this morning. A pleasure. And Rose, yours was the last name I wanted to. I, I was taking a shot at there. Did I say it correctly? Well, you were close. It's Iapolo. Iapolo. Okay, wrong emphasis Iopolo. on the wrong syllable. But thank you. So <laughs> right. Rose, Iopolo. Don't worry, Bob. I had a, I'm with that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting good. I don't feel so bad. So, thank you both for coming on. This is such a such an important thing. Obviously, there are a lot of school districts going through a lot of struggles with a lot of things that a lot of you know parents are concerned about. Uh, like I said, family values being tossed out in favor of the overt sexualization of children, miseducation and indoctrination of kids along some of those lines. And uh, but Menor is, is one of the biggest and uh, and one of the most problematic. So I'm so glad to have you guys on, Gil. Let me just start with you and ask. Um, what is or what was your impression of the way men or schools were being run that made you decide I'm going to pull a ballot here and I'm going to and I'm going to enter this race? There's a number of issues, Bob. Um, I'm a stakeholder in the city of Mentor. Um, someday I'd like to retire and mentor, and I'm seeing a lot of. Excuse me, one sec. I'm seeing a lot of things go on that I'm not in agreement with. I don't believe the value. I, I don't believe a lot of decisions the school board have made represent the values of mentor. Um, many voters in the, um, I believe many voters in the district also believe the school is trying to insert itself as the moral compass of the students coming be- between in between the relationship they have with their child. And I have had numerous conversations with many parents that are, are at a crossroads what to do. Do they go to private school? Do they go to homeschooling? I firmly believe the public education, we need a viable, uh, secured public education system in our city. It is the foundation that businesses draw on to support their goals. And um, I don't believe that's occurring right now. Gil, give me an example, if you would, of of um, the schools trying to become between the students and their parents. Uh, there's probably think, many. Think. Yeah, there's probably many from the things that I have learned and the things that I have heard from people who are parents in that district. But just since you brought it up, I wonder if there's one example that you can give uh, where it appears in like a city. This is not unique to men at all. This is sadly happening right. in schools well, across Ohio and across the country. But but in your case, go ahead. I, I think the social emotional learning is a threat. Some people perceive it as a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be, like I said, the moral compass. And that is detracting away from the school's objectives to teach the ABCs, which is quite critical. And there's a lot of issues of uh, morality and sexuality that are being discussed that violate a family's belief. Okay. Um, and these, my daughter has brought home many opinions that she's heard in school that I, I am, you know, everything from global, you know, climate change to uh, boys entering, biological boys entering the women's restrooms. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there, there's huge conflict there's a lot, between. Yeah. Uh, well, just, between out of, just out of curiosity, what level is your daughter? Is it elementary, junior high, high school? 
No, she's she's a junior at the high school. She's a junior year. at the high school. Okay, so she's been yeah. through a lot of this already. Let me move over now to uh, Rose Iopolo. I said it right that time, Rose. Um, you did. Let's let's let me ask you a, a, a little bit about the same thing that I just asked Gil. Um, what have you seen, or what parents have you spoken to that have given you um, such a <clears throat> such an outrage over this to the point where you felt like I can't just go to the current school board members; I have to become a school board member um thanks bob for having me once again you know this is this is an honor and i apologize if i'm a little nervous but um you know what really you know i have four kids last year all four were in the district um one graduated so i've got three i've got one in the elementary and two in the high school this year you know what i was seeing i see a lot of wonderful things i just want to make that clear mentor district is amazing we moved here we are um, put in roots and we send our kids here because it's really an amazing school. And I actually have a unique um, experience. I'm a substitute teacher in the district. So I'm inside and I get to see really what an amazing school school we have. But what we're seeing seeping in, and I, I, I blame some of the um, far left uh, school board members right now, um, we're seeing things like, you know, spending $125,000 of taxpayer money on books for kids ages 6 to 10 that has just got really heavy uh, content, you know, pushing for activism, um, Black Lives Matter, police brutality, um, and just content that, while is important to teach our kids, um, it's, one, it's too heavy for young kids age 6 to 10, and it's also a parent's right to decide when they want to incorporate these topics to their kids. So when I saw that, and, and, you know, we all went to school board meetings to talk and to kind of, express our feelings about that they were ignored so um that's that's just one example of why i felt like well if if we're not going to be heard um something needs to change you know so that that's really what made me step up so um why do you suppose things well let me rephrase when do you think things really changed when did things go from being good mentors a good school district good school good policies good leadership and so forth to this indoctrination to the social emotional learning that gill spoke of to the you know black lives matter and crt and the things that you're talking about when did all of this start do you think that uh you know that got us to where we are today bob if covid i i've was as tragic as it was, um, I lost family and friends, all right? The silver lining to COVID was parents got a glimpse into what was going on in the classrooms. Yeah. And this phenomenon that's going on in Mentor right now is happening all across the country, where parents are finally getting a glimpse as to what is being taught to their children. So I would have to say... For those for this curriculum, this line of thought, it probably started, you know, five or six years ago before COVID. Yeah, but now things have things have come to a head. That's the reason, that's the reason I asked because I want to figure out, Gil, if this is temporary if this is something that you know that maybe did just start around the time of covid and now you got a chance to see what was on your kids computer screens going on in their classes and everything else you're right this was revealed across the country so if this is a temporary thing where you know a return to some normalcy in education is on the horizon or if this is the way it's going to be until radical changes are made including getting rid of the board members that are allowing these things to go on i i believe it was there was an agenda in place probably 10, 15 years ago, this is my belief, watching the news, that 
again, wasn't exposed till people sat behind their kids' computer screens, <clears throat> excuse me, and saw what was going on. See, agenda, Gilly, agenda is an important word there, because that would imply somebody is behind it. Somebody is driving it. It's not something that happened organically where this just happened, that just happened, and things started to go in a certain direction. So if there's an agenda, who's behind it? Yeah, I'll you know, take I, that. I, it, it, ahead, let, me, let me just take that real quick. I think that it starts with giving uh, a little bit too much rope to to staff that want to and, and administration who are kind of slowly seeping in their their personal political beliefs and ideologies in. And the more they try it, the more it's, and then it's, it's allowed. And again, that all starts from the top down from the school board mm-hmm. um, that, that they they continue to to you know encroach on that. And um, we've gotten to a point now where they by our current school board do. You know, some of, some of the classes, my kids took a um, history class and didn't learn a lot about history, but sure learned a lot about how awful Trump was and, you know, things like that, which, you know, that's not what we're sending our kids to school for. And I really think that it's literally, it's, it's personal, and it's not everybody. It's a very small percentage, I believe, of, of the, uh, some of the staff in schools. But, you know, they, they, they've, they've just been given free reign, and that needs to stop. So, Rose, tell me what you're telling parents then. What are you telling parents will be different if you and Gil are successful in getting onto this school board? What What will you be able to change? Well, first of all, we want to, you know, the, the job of the school board is to set policy and to hire uh, the superintendent and the CFO. So what we would do is there's a lot, there's a lot of issues going around, like, some of these social issues that are clogging um, our time and, and pulling focus from academics, uh, like the bathroom situation, um, that we would set policy and th- that's all you have to do. And, and then hold our superintendent accountable that to make sure the administration follows through with the, with the rules and the policy. And I think that will right. set a tone. So if there is any staff member that, you know, doesn't want to, doesn't want to abide by that then they may be that this isn't going to be the district for them. And, and it really comes down to, you know, a lot of the rules we have, like for instance, dress code, we have a really great dress code um, policy, but we don't follow it and we don't hold our you know administration to follow it. And I know that's difficult because, you know, it's very difficult for some administration to step up and say, Hey, that's an inappropriate outfit. Um, then it then, then parents are complaining. It, I, I understand it's, it's walking a fine line, but we just have to create policy to, to, prevent these issues, and then we need to hold um, our staff and our parents accountable for the policies we do have. Gil, um, let me move back over. If you just turned us on, by the way, we are talking with uh, Rose Iopolo and Gil Martello, two candidates for Mentor School Board, two parents of kids in the Mentor Schools who are trying to do something about the extraordinary woke agenda that has been uh, discovered and being advanced uh, regularly on on the part of Mentor Schools. Rose just said, you know, the job would be to establish policy. What kind of policy, though? Specific to, for example, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I like to say diversity, inclusion, and equity because it spells die. But um, that is that is pervasive in men or schools. Uh, does it include diversity of thought, Gil? And is that something that you can, from a school board position, try to include? Or, or what would be your policy on DEI? Well, It'd be, it's interesting you asked. I, I did a, a lot of reading, Bob, with regards to DEI in um, late spring. And they are, they're so, for lack of a better, they're social concepts. 
there's nothing definitive about them. They are they are thoughts that are a work in progress. There's no let's say you did have a DEI or an SDL program. There's no testing. There's no standard by which to judge your success. And furthermore, a lot of those programs, what I've read about and conversed with a number of people within our, our that are in, in opposition to our our platform, more or less. They agree there, it is a work in progress. There's no definitive, uh, result. And it gives license to those who want to abuse those, uh, programs to uh, falsely direct an agenda, a left leaning agenda. And that's what we're concerned about. And there's only diversity of thought when it comes to their, um, point of view. When there's a conservative point of view, that is, it's it's called racist. It's called um, homophobic. But we, you know, everybody has to be sensitive to, you know, the school district has to serve everybody, and that means you have to be sensitive to everybody's moral and religious beliefs, and and calling another's beliefs um, racist or homophobic is just wrong. Or in, in which a lot of those programs, they tend to, that is the out, outshoot of or offshoot of their their presentation right um gil and and one let me follow up with you and then i'll ask rose kind of the same question um when it comes to the for example the diversity and the inclusion aspect of this what is the current policy in men or schools of males who identify as females and females identifying as males or being both or non-binary or whatever with respect to locker rooms bathrooms and so forth uh are well, that are our students and staff forced to use made up pronouns or things that are not accurate uh in the name of inclusion in the name of diversity and support of these types of things is that what's going on well, right now let me address the core my core concern All right. with the restroom issue we do not have a specific policy bob um and therefore we're all the students the staff and the parents are left in an untenable position um so Personally, I fundamentally agree. Is, is, is it a free-for-all where everybody just goes yeah. where they want and does what they want? That's what I interpret. Uh, I, fundamentally agree with, uh, uh, I fundamentally disagree with the practice of allowing those who are tra- uh, transgendering access to restrooms not of their biological sex. You know, my daughter's right to privacy is being infringed upon. Sure. Um, again, this, the, the public education system has to serve all its students. Um, we don't have a policy, and by default, whatever gender a person identifies with, on a given day, that's the restroom they use. Well, this, this again, let's set the transgender So they do have a policy policy. then. Technically, they do have a policy by not identifying a policy, by not putting something in print and saying this is the deal. It's basically go where you want. The policy is that the transgender, you know, um, uh, phase or craze that is going on right now basically runs the show. They can go where they want, when they want, and all of the other students, well, inclusion doesn't work for them because their their beliefs and their comfort level and their privacy and so forth can be invaded and they have no say in it. That's my feelings. Okay. So that is where I'm at. Again, <clears throat> let, let, let's you know, ask we're letting... Let's ask Rose. Rose, uh, I've got about three minutes left. Give, give me okay. your impression of this and why it's so important to establish policy that actually returns, you know, norm, norms, you know, whether they call it right. heteronor- heteronormative or whatever, but, but the realities uh, to, to the schools that they, they used to be operating under. 
Okay. Well, first, first, I want to say, Bob, that you know this is a touchy subject, and I don't want to pretend to you know when you say it's a phase. I, you know, I'm I'm not in the homes of some of these families um, that have transgender students, and I'm not going to pretend like I understand the difficulties that that they're going through. However, um, when you don't like exactly what you said, by not creating a policy, you are setting a standard for the school. Um, and what they're doing now by leaving it open is in order to firm a fraction of a percent, because that's what it is. Um, we're creating a new problem then in all the other students, anxiety, stress, fear. And it's not necessarily that people think parents and students are worried that a transgender student is going to cause harm, but um, it's the unknown. You know, we have students, who, parents come to us and say their kids do not go to the restroom the entire day. You know, so you're, you're trying to fix one problem, very That's small, right. small problem, and then you're but by creating a new one. So yeah. we're not against anything. We're not trying to hurt any feelings. We understand there's not going to be a good solution to make everybody happy. But we just want um, all of our students to be safe, and we want to focus on academics because that is what is needed right now in Mentor. Um, there's like I, all those these wonderful things I mentioned, our fine arts program, our CTE program, our CARES Autism School. We have so many amazing things. Um, our marching band is amazing. Our athletic program is one of the best public school programs in the state. We need to add elite education to that. And when we're, we're busying with, you know, stressing kids out with these bathroom situations, they're not able to focus on, on education, on their work, you know. And, you're, you're 100% and, and, and right, that needs to stop. Yeah, it does. And uh, I, I completely understand exactly where you are coming from. And I know you speak for a lot of parents in Mentor and outside of Mentor who's, uh, who are concerned about what's happening to their schools as well. Let me close by asking, how can people who are interested in supporting the two of you for Mentor School Board do so? Okay, we well, have this on Facebook, oh, Rose and Gill, right? Uh, yep. And our website is... Um, Rose and Gill for schoolboard.org, and we have a fundraiser coming up on September 23rd in Mentor, and um, we would love to see as many people as we can. It's a, a watch party for the Ohio State Notre Dame football game, so come wearing your best jersey and um, um, so we can meet you and um, you can support our campaign. So give those websites again just so people can catch that. Rose and Gill for School Board. Did I for, hear that right? Rose and Rose and Gill for the number four school uh, for board dot org, and then the and then there's Facebook as well. Rose and Gill, look for Rose and Gill. That's where I actually am right now is on the on that Facebook page. So, uh, so Rose uh, Iopolo and uh, and uh, uh, Gill uh, Martello, I wish you both good luck in uh, in your race, not just for the school board, but in trying to rescue, uh, you know, your kids and the parents. Um, who, who are losing control of what their kids are allowed to be exposed to. I hope you're able to restore that. I hope your, your campaigns are successful. And I thank you both very much for coming on and for stepping up. Oh, thanks, Bob, for Bob, having thank us. You. Thank, thank you for having us. It's great, greatly appreciated. Thank you both. God bless you. We may talk again between now and Election Day. I think we may have to because these are, these are very important races. And I know there are others in districts around greater Cleveland as well that we should probably pay attention to. So if you want to bring those to our attention, by all means, make sure you reach out. We'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.